This is a Mortarbox Media Podcast. For more podcasts and to learn how we can help you create your own, visit mortarboxmedia.com. Welcome once again to Chill Filter, the podcast where we drink whiskey so you don't have to. But you probably should. On today's episode, we're drinking Still and Oak Straight Rye Whiskey from Great Lakes Distillery from right here in Wisconsin. But before we get to that, let's get down to just a little bit of business. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you don't mind, please hit the subscribe button. While you're there, leave us a rating and a review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts app. Ratings help people find the show. Reviews help us know what you like, maybe what you'd like to see different on the show. If you want to support us even more, you can head to patreon.com slash chillfiltered. That's the business. Here's the podcast. Cole, my dear friend, it's been a while, but how are you? I'm good. Yeah, it's been a, it's funny. We record, you know, about two weeks. We, we missed a week. It was a busy week last week and we're sorry listeners for that. Um, but it feels like a long time, but yeah, I'm doing, um, I'm doing great. You know, someone asked me yesterday, I was at a little event yesterday and some friend of mine was like, how, you know, how are things? And I'm like, you know what? All things considered, I'm doing pretty well. Um, I, work's been good. Work's been super busy though. And um, like this week, I'm kind of just like rush week, like just like crazy stuff going on. Um, two big projects due early next week. Uh, which is somewhat like normally pretty stressful for me. But did I tell you that I stopped drinking caffeine altogether? You you did not tell me that. That's rough. No, actually, I um I stopped drinking it because I would get like anxiety, like pretty strong anxiety the more I drank coffee. Like if I had two or maybe even three cups a day, I would like have an anxiety attack. Um, and I don't. So is I that a, really... is that a lot? I have. I have no idea because I've I've not ever been a coffee drinker. I've never had a cup oh, of coffee. Okay, I got gotcha. you. Is two or three a lot? Yeah. Um, no, that's like that's like medium high. Like some people will drink even more than that during a whole day. Um, but I have yeah, just like slowly weaned off. But I've been like completely, I guess, caffeine free for uh, probably month or two. Um, okay, and I have noticed like really great things. Like my anxiety levels are like really low lately. And, um, even like this week, like it's work has been crazy and, um, and normally I would be like stressed out of my mind. And right now I'm just like, nope, I'm just going to work a little bit over the weekend and like stuff like that where normally that would like, yeah, just like really mess with me. And I'd just be like, crap, I have so much to do and I don't know how to handle it all. But right now I'm just like, nope, I'm just going to put in some time over the weekend, which isn't fun for sure. Um, but it's not worrying me now, which is like awesome. And, um, yeah, just, uh, just having a fun time. Life's good. I got my jewelry studio this week, uh, which yeah. I'm so excited about. I haven't been able to really like make jewelry in almost two years. Um, and so I got all my tools back and all my like bench stuff back. And so I already started opening my Etsy shop. And uh, just started taking orders again, which has been great. I already got, sadly, it's only been a week, but I already got two orders. Um, but, you know, you can't expect too much when you when you pop up after about two years. Um, 
because I used to get a lot more for sure, but I don't need too much more. I got a lot on my plate right now. So I also like raised my prices so that I don't um, get too many orders. Um, so, so it's been good. I, yeah, life's great. It's good to be back on the uh, podcast and, uh, yeah, I'm enjoying life. What about you? Um, life is mostly good. I'm pretty depressed lately, actually, but, um, that is what it is. It's just that time of year. Um, but no, life, life is good. That's that, you know, that's the weird thing about depression is like, I can, I can see beyond it most times and and be like, no, Mm -hmm. life is good. Like you got, you got a good life. Um, been working a lot basically. And, uh, I have to, uh, this week I have to come into work, uh, Monday, all, all three days, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, because we have off Thursday and Friday. Mm -hmm. Um, I have to come in an hour early all three days this week. So it sucks, but that uh, doesn't. Yeah, that isn't good when you're depressed and it's hard enough to get out of bed. Right, but I would rather I would rather come in early than stay late. For sure, <laughs> so, in the same way. I would um, any day do that. Ashley is not happy about it because she doesn't have to come in early, but uh, due to some stuff, I have to come in early. And so, since we work together, she will have to come in early, and so she's not super pleased about that. Oh, but, that's rough. Oh well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I uh I've been doing some work to uh start producing podcasts for other people. Oh, that's great. I uh you know uh, earlier in the year I had gotten this new um soundboard that we had been using and uh yeah. spent a lot of money on it and then the screen broke for no reason and I haven't been using that since probably June or so. Mm-hmm. Um and so I I I it's under warranty. I can get it fixed, but the company is just driving me insane. I, I, so anyway, uh, then I went out and bought a small little interface that I can use that just has one plugin for a microphone. So that's what we've been doing, mm-hmm. uh, to record chill filtered. But I just, um, I just started pre-production on a show for a, a group of women who want to start a show called woman AF. Uh, <laughs> so if, I'm sure people know what AF stands for, but, um, and it's going to be good. It, I, I, we've met a couple times, and um, it just looks like it's going to be a good show. And so I had to go out and buy. Do you remember the old black audio interface that I had yeah. in the studio? Mm-hmm. Big one. I mm-hmm. had to go buy another one of those. <laughs> oh, rough. So, yeah, just because I need four microphone inputs. Um, well, I need at least three. So uh, I did that, and I actually bought another microphone. So things are good oh nice let's let's talk about some drama here you ready for this yeah i uh you and i both are ebayers we buy and sell on ebay when we can not for Um, me any longer you had you had some trouble that we talked about on the show yeah um a, a few months ago and uh and i i don't remember if i said this on on air but i've always been like i love ebay i've never had an issue i've never had I've never bought something and have it be defective or whatever. I've never sold something and had an issue with the buyer. Well, yeah. all that has changed, my friend. Yeah. I uh, I'm you know I bought this new uh, iMac, and so since I bought it, I um I haven't touched my MacBook. I, I literally haven't like worked on it at all since mm-hmm. August, and so I was like. I, when I first got the iMac, I was like, I should probably sell this. But then I, I just was like, okay, let me give it a few months. 
And like, maybe there's a need for me to continue to have a MacBook. And then after those months, I'm just like, I, I've not used it once. So it's just time to sell it. That's kind of how I generally operate. Um, mm. when, when I have like big items that I'm considering selling, uh, after the initial idea of like, oh, maybe I should sell this. I go, okay, but wait two months because maybe, maybe you'll regret it. And if after two months I still like, yeah, you know what? I'm good with selling it. Then I'll sell it. So I sold some video equipment and that sold, which was awesome. Made 700 bucks. It was great. Um, and then, uh, I also listed my MacBook. So comes down to the wire. It, It was, I've never had this experience on eBay where it was like in the last 30 seconds, it was just bid after bid after bid and just, oh, wow. you watched it. And, and it was, it was honestly surprisingly kind of intense. Um, and so that happened and, uh, it didn't sell for as much as I thought it should. Um, mm-hmm. but it sold for enough and, uh, I was excited. And then immediately the winning bidder, uh, sent me a bunch of questions about the, the laptop that like if you're bidding and spending that much money on a laptop you would have asked these questions before you exactly purchased it before you won the bid um but so i answered him and then he asked for some more photos and i sent photos and a couple times in my responses i was like you know if you pay me i can get this shipped out tonight or early tomorrow just let me know when you're able to pay and he never answered that question he never um, even responded to the question of payment. Like he never brought it up. He kept asking me questions. And I, and one time I just was like, Hey man, like you, enough, you need to pay me so that I can ship this. Yeah. And he's like, sorry, I, I was at work and I just, I couldn't uh, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, just don't like, let's do this. And then he asked more questions and I said, Hey, I'm done answering questions. Either pay me or don't. But like, yeah. I, 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 I'm not doing this. And so then I finally checked his feedback history and it was just full of posts from people saying this guy wins auctions, asks a bunch of questions and wastes your time and never pays. Wow. And I was like, oh, great. So I, uh, right. And so then I, I emailed eBay and reported him and they were like, oh, yep, we've removed his account because this is all he does. Thanks for reporting him. Oh, wow. Yeah, that yeah. was my experience. Forty to fifty percent of the time, I sold things on eBay. Really? Yeah, like I would uh, like, and this doesn't even include the time last time where the guy like accused me of yeah whatever, which I don't even want to think about anymore. Um, but he, right. yeah, normally I'll just sell something and they'll be like, yeah, they won't pay, and I'm like, crap, now I have to put it up for another seven day listing, and then yeah, wait. Well, until you can I get you can change back. the listing. Yeah, but you always get a little more when you do a seven day, is what I've found. Yeah, but yeah. It's, well, I put I'm it back up just for five it. days. Oh, good. Yeah. yeah. So people, man, people. That's right. People are the worst. Yeah. I yeah. uh I just as we're sitting here speaking, uh, you know, for my anniversary this year, my wife mm-hmm. got me this cool ring that was lined with a a whiskey barrel wood from a whiskey barrel i was just trying to get it off my finger and the entire ring came apart (gasps) no yeah so that's a bummer i'm gonna see if i can get it back together it's you know it's got these two little metal seals that keep the wood in it actually kind of feels like they just they snap back in so i think i'll be okay she'll be none the wiser hey man what are we (laughs) drinking today 
Uh, today we are drinking a Wisconsin rye, and it's from uh, Milwaukee, downtown Milwaukee, from Great Lakes Distillery. We're going to be drinking a rye called Still an Oak Straight Rye. So I'm excited for this one. And I am excited for this one as well. Uh, there's a cool background on how we got this bottle, or at least I think it's cool. So uh, yeah. we, we'll get to all that and more. But first, we're going to take just a really quick break. All right, back from break. And as you heard before we went to break... Uh, we are going to be drinking Great Lakes Distillery Still in Oak Straight Rye Whiskey, and uh, I am excited about this. This has been a long time coming. We actually got this bottle uh, back in June, oh, and really? at the same time, long. yeah, yeah, um, and at the same time, we got um, a bottle of their Still in Oak um, bourbon as well, and so we thought, we've done a string of bourbons, and we haven't had a rye in a while, so we're going to start with this one, the rye. Mm, sorry, I had to take a drink. Um, so just really quick, uh, my side of this bottle or, or my side of the story with this is uh, Ashley and I were in Milwaukee for our anniversary this year, and uh, we, uh, I don't know, Milwaukee's a drinking city, so we one of the days we were there, we were just like, hey, let's go to, let's bar hop and see what we can do. So the first place we actually went that day was this distillery, Great Lakes Distillery, and uh, we did... Um, we had some cocktails and made friends with, um, the bartender that was there. His name is Ross and a big shout out to Ross. He's probably listening right now. Thanks Ross. Um, we just kind of talked and, uh, and I shared that, uh, I do this podcast and so I'm just checking out, uh, what they've got. And, uh, so we had some drinks. Ross was super cool and gave us the industry discount, which was great. Um, and uh, and so then he's like, do you guys want to take the tour of the distillery? It starts in like half an hour. And we're like, yeah, sure. So we did that. Um, and he comped us those tickets. So that was great. And so nice. then we came back up after the tour, did some more tasting. And then we were sitting there. Uh, oh, no, you know what? This was before the tour. Um, while we were waiting for the tour, um, the, I think, marketing manager was at the bar doing some video st- stuff. And I had my backpack with me that had my nice camera and a microphone and because I'm just always prepared to do something. And uh, he was using his phone, and I joked. And I was like, hey, you could just use this great camera, blah, blah, blah. And he, we had a good laugh about it. <clears throat> and then I then I took out, like, another thing, and I was like, oh, you could use this. And he goes, why do you have all this? And I said, oh, well, I do a, a whiskey podcast, and uh, I just wanted to be prepared just in case uh, anything, blah, blah, blah. And he asked some questions to, like, vet me to be like, okay, yeah. are you just saying you do a whiskey podcast or whatever? And I said, oh, no, like I showed him and showed him the website and the podcast. He goes, oh, so like you're legitimate. And I said, yeah. He goes, you got to understand, we get like requests from people all the time that say, hey, I do this thing. And it turns out to be an Instagram with two pictures on it. Oh, no. Um, And it was kind of weird because it wasn't like I said, hey, I do a whiskey podcast. Give me something. Um, So but but after that, he was like, so um, how can we get our stuff on your show? And I was like, give me a bottle and, and we'll make sure to get it on there. Um, and so then he's like, I'll do you better. I'll give you two bottles. And so that's how we ended up with these bottles. Uh, I believe that guy is no longer with great lakes. Uh, but I still thank him for being willing Mm -hmm. to, to do all that. Um, and then a big shout out to Ross, like I said, who has kind of been my contact there ever since. 
and uh, he's actually in the Speakeasy uh, Wisconsin page, uh, Facebook page. Oh, nice. So uh, yeah, so I'm sure I'm I'm for sure gonna send him this link and and all that. But okay, Cole, you've done some research, um, and uh, you've got some stuff to tell us about this. So what do you say we do that? Yeah, or should I pop sure. the bottle first? Uh, your call. I don't know. I'm gonna pop the bottle. Do it. I want to hear it. All right. Here it goes. Nice. A nice high pitched one. Yeah, high pitched. All right, go ahead, time. Cole. Yeah, so um Great Lakes Distillery. It's uh located in downtown Milwaukee. Apparently it started up in two thousand four and uh, according to their website they wanted, quote, a little Wisconsin in every drop, unquote. And I and you'll see that as we go through some of like the recipe stuff and basically they pretty much only use Wisconsin grain, which is pretty great. Um yep. They do sell other spirits like rum, vodka, gin, and bourbon. Um, but according to, and, and also according to their, uh, the, like a cool history article written on their website, uh, they talk about Milwaukee distilling history, and it was it was sweet. Um, they talked about how, like, basically Milwaukee had quite a few distilleries back in the day, like in the 1800s and the early 1900s. There were quite a few, um, but sadly. Right all were pretty much detrimentally affected by taxes and prohibition to the point of prohibition. There were no distilleries. Of course, I mean, it makes sense. There were only a few distilleries in the, in the country that survived prohibition, but I doubt any in Wisconsin would have made that cut. Um, so at prohibition shut down all the distilleries for, for pretty much for good for almost all those, um, places. And, uh, and they just talked about like how Wisconsin was, you know, sadly just shut down in that way. But it's cool to see this Great Lakes distillery, you know, rising from the ashes of, of um, you know, prohibition, basically. Um, they do actually sell a, uh, what let they me, call a... Rip- let me... Uh, Go ahead. Well, uh, when I took the tour, I don't know if you came across this. When I took the tour, they told us that um, Great Lakes Distillery, when they opened in 2004, was mm-hmm. the first distillery to open in Wisconsin since Prohibition ended. I believe that. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't I, see to that. me, that's crazy because that's like, that's like 80 years. Yeah. Seriously. Or 70 like years. But yeah, I, I just thought that was like crazy. Yeah. Or 70. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah, I mean it's cool though, and it's good for them because. And I, the more I researched um, Great Lakes Distillery, the more I respected them. Uh, it was pretty cool, and actually to celebrate the end of Prohibition, they do an annual release for a rye. It's called the Repeal Reserve, and it's a five-year yep. rye, and um, and they do like a release party where they sell out, and I think it's just one barrel, um, but they'll sell all the bottles for the barrel in that night. And, uh, and it's pretty cool. And, and to have a five-year rye being, and it's, and it's pretty much their, their own product, I believe. Um, that's pretty cool to have a five-year rye. Uh, if anyone in Milwaukee or the Wisconsin area wants to go, actually this year's one is next week on December 5th. Um, so check it out if you can, it'd be a fun time. I can tell you that. Um, they also have a Kinnick Kinnick whiskey. Uh, it's K-I-N-N-I-C-K twice over, basically. Or no, no, I-C-K-I-N-N-I-C. So Kinnick, Kinnick. Uh, and that's based on a Native American word of some language. 
um, which means like to be mixed or something like that, but I won't get into that. Um, it's actually a blend of sourced bourbon and their own rye whiskey. Um, so it's, it's an American whiskey. It's neither bourbon or rye. Um, and they're still an oak bourbon and they're still an oak rye are both made in house with Wisconsin grain. So even though their Kinnick Kinnick has a blend of sourced in it, uh, this one's all theirs. These, these two, the still an oak, um, label. And it's all Wisconsin too, which is kind of cool. They also sell a dirty Helen straight bourbon, um, which is a very rare, apparently only two barrels were made in their release. It's a very rare bourbon and it's basically still an oak bourbon at cast strength, which is pretty cool. Uh, I did reach out yesterday. Sadly, it was a little late notice and it was the weekend, uh, to see if they could answer some, you know, cool questions about their product. Um, but that was definitely late notice and we're recording, you know, on the weekend. So I can't expect too much, but maybe we'll get to us next time. Maybe when we do the still in Oak bourbon, we'll have some great uh, commentary back from them. Um, this yeah, specific... I'm, I'm sure we will. Oh yeah. Yeah. Ross seems like a cool guy. And um, yeah, I, this specific uh, bottle, the still in Oak straight rye, I have really respected it by just reading about it already. Uh, first of all, it's a straight whiskey. It's in the name. Um, but to remind our listeners what a straight rye is, uh, first of all, any rye has to be 51% or more rye in the mash bill. It needs to be distilled to no more than 160 proof. It needs to enter the barrel at no more than 125 proof. And the barrels need to be new charred oak. Um, but in order to be a straight rye, those rules need to apply. But it also... There needs to be no blending of any kind, and it needs to be at least two years aged. And uh, so that's like great. They're they're aging. They're, like a lot of these small distilleries will age their product less than two years. And um, but then the other thing is they age their whiskey in fifty three gallon barrels, which I cannot praise them enough for. Uh, distilleries, if you're listening. I know you say you can speed age your whiskey in small barrels, but it's noticeable. And I personally, Cole personally, have never tasted a small barrel aged product that I would put on my shelf. I find it is soapy and over oaked almost 100% of the time. Um, So if you are out there and you're like, maybe I'll just speed age with small barrels, maybe consider going a little large barrels and putting a little more investment into it. I know it's probably got a a ton of money. Um, but it really shows. Um, so good on you, Great Lakes for using large barrels. Um, and, and especially for a craft distiller, I'm, I'm proud of them. Um, so hopefully this product that just shows through how great it is, a hundred percent rye mash in this one. And that's 78% unmalted and 22% malted Wisconsin rye. Um, this reminds me of a Canadian rye in terms of uh, high, you know, hundred percent rye, uh, it's cool that they're doing a little bit of malted and unmalted, which is normally what you'll see in like, uh, for example, Lot 40 um, has a 100% malted and unmalted. Um, small batches, they say, and it is non-chill filtered. And for a for a small uh, distillery, that is pretty cool too. So you might even see a little particulates on the bottom as well as like a cloudiness. Um, and it is 90 proof. The total wine price that you will find in Wisconsin, for the most part, uh, maybe even the surrounding states, 
is $34.99. And that is the history and info I have on Still in Oak Rye. Very cool. Um, so I will, I'll say, um, like I said, I did that, that tour at the distillery. I have some photos and stuff that I will for sure put up on the Instagram. Uh, and you can kind of get a little uh, behind the scenes look at what they're doing there at Great Lakes Distillery. Um, have you poured yet, Cole? I just did. I've been smelling my little sample. And I've got um I've got like a car not like a chewy caramel, but like a candied caramel smell. Yeah, yeah, for sure. This this has a similar nose to me as the lot forty cask. Really? Which is really impressive. Just candy. Candy yeah, caramel. I also get a little bit of fruit there as well. Mm Mm-hmm trying to catch that oh did you just sip no 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 No, i'm trying to catch that fruitiness on the nose it's 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 very uh, delicate and subtle yeah and there and there's no you know like pinpoint of like oh it's this fruit it just is fruity Mm -hmm. it's almost like a a little bit of a note i'm getting is like a tart cherry if it were okay yeah yeah, but yeah. Uh, as far as color goes, go ahead. Yeah, as far as color goes, um, it's kind of a lighter uh, amber, I guess, is how, sure. what I would say. Yeah, it's not glass. too dark. Yeah, yeah, I'm definitely impressed by the nose. Um, sharp candy, um, not too much like rye spice, but it's it's probably noticeable more that as a rye than a bourbon, which you know, of course, it is a rye, but it doesn't. You can tell it's a rye a little bit. Well, I just took a sip, and um, there's more fruitiness there than there was on the nose, and I'm getting some of that delicious cinnamon and sugar kind of taste that I like on a rye. Um, I just took a sip. Oh man, the yeah. finish! Yeah, the finish is great. It's very interesting that finish. There's a lot of go- stuff going on. I think these guys should be praised for. Uh, I imagine it's not much more than two years old. Um, this is really good for a two-ish years old rye. I don't know about yeah. like I don't know about like a 10 year rye or even a 6 to 8 year rye um but for the age that I imagine this is this is really good. I am getting a, just a little bit of vanilla mm-hmm. um in the uh, in the finish. I am also getting a wood taste that is not oak but it's a woody oh, really? taste. Yeah. Or earthy, maybe, is the better term. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you get, I mean, for good reason, you do not get a small barrel taste to it, like you get in most, like right. I said, micro distilleries, which makes sense, because they use large barrels. Um, Yeah, I'm getting a little bit on the finish, kind of like even after, breathe in a little bit, I get a little bit of like, uh, berry medley, um, almost as if you're eating strawberries, um, uh, raspberries and like blueberries 
it's kind of like a little bit of that. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to put a drop of water in there and I'll, I'll say this. I, I am always hesitant to put a drop of water in a whiskey that is under like 110 mm-hmm. proof. Yeah. Um, I, I'm always nervous about that. And, and so this being 90, I just, I'm just nervous that it's going to yeah. do something I don't like. Yeah. When we've done it with like some 80 proofers, it's like super noticeable it's like what was once light is like now like watered down you know which right sort of is sort of isn't Mm, i I mean it literally is watered down (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. um i the nose with a little bit of water is a little brighter um a little less of that yeah i was gonna say floral Mm -hmm. yeah floral is a good note yeah i can get that yeah absolutely Maybe not like rose or anything like that, but definitely like a mm-hmm. spring flower. Yeah, Still I good. think I I think uh, on the palate it's a little rougher. It's a it's um this is going to be a weird uh, analogy, I think, but bring it. Um, think of whiskey as sandpaper, okay, and. Uh, a fine grit sandpaper actually feels kind of smooth to the touch if it's a very fine grit. Um, And so uh, without the drop of water, this was a much more fine grit whiskey. And with that drop of water, the the grit has expanded a little bit to be a little more coarse. Mm -hmm. Uh, And uh, as far as taste goes, there's just a little more coarseness there, roughness. Oh, for sure. No, I get that. And I actually get more notes of um, chewy caramel with a little bit of water. Um, the caramel was there really? before, but it was more like a hard caramel. Uh, with a little bit of water, it smoothed it out a little bit in that way. I will say that um, with a drop of water, I am getting hints of that metallic-y taste that we talk about often with ice cubes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I am nervous. Myself. I am nervous about dropping an ice cube now. Oh, my cubes are all stuck together. Mine were too. There we go. Here we go, dropping. Ooh, I feel like the cube really brings something out in the nose. Yeah, it's a little more... Ooh, there's a candy there that wasn't there before. Almost a fruity candy. Yeah, I don't know. I'm getting more of a uh, commercial cleaning product smell now. Oh, really? I'm not getting that. I'm getting a, a and that's very not, pleasant smell. That's not a bad thing to me. I so don't don't take it as me saying it's unpleasant. Mm-hmm. I gotcha. And and uh, weirdly, I'm also getting a chocolate smell now. Uh huh. Um, you've seen you've seen one of the greatest Farley movies ever, Tommy Boy. Uh yeah. I know you're gonna answer yes. <laughs> and um there's the there's the two lines where he's like um did you eat paint chips when you were a kid and what's his response uh it chuckles and then asks why right he's like <laughs> why and it's like yeah. did you smell cleaning products when you were a kid adam <laughs> um i've always enjoyed the smell of cleaning products Ooh, you know what? I'm actually getting it this time. I'm I'm taking a little whiff. You're getting the cleaning product smell? Yeah, just a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's not a bad yeah. thing. I'll tell you, uh, the palette is 
actually pretty good. It doesn't seem watered down. It actually feels like it got thicker. Yeah, that's what I was going to say next. Yep. And there's a richness there that wasn't there before. Yeah, which I don't think has ever happened when the flavor got more dense with ice. Right, right. Yeah. And so, not that it was bad straight. It was it's it's great, mm-hmm. uh, just you know, a neat pour. Um, but there was there was a certain uh, both in the actual liquid and in the taste. There was uh, something that was sort of thin about it, and it was just like, oh yeah, I can get down with this. With mm-hmm. a cube in it, it really does have a thicker mouthfeel, and the the richness is coming out of of the taste. Yeah, hundred percent agree. Yeah. Which is really cool. Um, it actually tastes like dessert to me now. Yeah, it's definitely like sweeter, but not in a like a not in a water like a like we said watered down way. It's like it's richer. Yeah. Wow, this is really good with a cube in it. Like I think I this, could drink it. Yeah. I think. I think as far as with a cube, I would put this next to uh, Red Breast Cast Strength. Really, in with, terms with of a cube. cube, you know I, that's yeah. that's one of my favorite whiskeys to have a cube in it. Um, mm-hmm. And I would say this is the same that I like. I mean, it's it's not as good as Redbreast Twelve Cast Strength, yeah. but this is very good with a cube in it. Yeah, like the comparison is like great in this case. Yeah, I could drink it either way, and I can enjoy it differently both ways. Like I'm not saying like like they're they're the same, and I could drink it like with ice without ice and i'll be happy no it's like on a hot day i would drink this with ice and be so happy on a cold day i would drink it neat and be so happy this is really impressive right. for uh, this micro distillery so good on you great i agree i agree um well are you ready to do a, a rating let me think about that yeah while you while you give your rating i'll think about sure. it. sure well so i'll i'll say this first um I would definitely, uh, tr- if you've never had this and you come across it, try it neat first. Just try a straight pour of it. Um, but for me personally, having tasted it all three ways now, I would prefer ice over anything else with this. Uh, for me, it would be ice, neat, water, uh, as yeah. far as my rankings there go. Um, as far as a uh, a rating... Um, I, I think it's tough. This is a tough one. Um, because it's, it's pretty clearly not a super high end whiskey. It's kind of an everyman whiskey and it's meant for Mm. every man. Um, but it's really good taking that into consideration. Um, I would give it like a very, very strong seven. Yeah. Um, um, go ahead. I, I, I think that, uh, by the way, folks, we're doing a different recording technique today. So I think Cole and I have a little bit of a lag that more than we normally do between our voices and the phone call here. So, um, I, uh, like I said, I would give it a very, very strong seven. Um, I would really love to see Great Lakes specific. I know they have other, other whiskeys and they have other rise, uh, especially that uh, repeal one. Uh, but I would love to see them put out 
one of these still in oak straight rise that's aged for just a little bit longer and and see what we could get from that maybe do a yeah. special edition of the still in oak straight rye that's you know at least six years or eight years i'd love to see eight years out of it but That'd be crazy but yeah strong solid seven for me mm-hmm. i would give it a little higher but of course our rating scales are a little bit different um at first i was thinking like an 8.3 maybe an 8.4 um but the longer I have that finish uh, lingering is very pleasant, and I'm going to bring it up to an 8.5. Okay, you so okay, so point one more. Okay, <laughs> yeah, maybe 8.55. So point one five more. I, yeah, let's. I'm going to finish am, it at an 8.55. Okay, I am very surprised uh, that you went that high. Not that I. Not that, and that's not a comment on the whiskey. That's more of a comment on your rating system. Yeah. So for sure, and I would give this a high, like it, low, love it. Yeah, for sure. I I, I can agree with that that uh, version of your rating there. High, like mm-hmm. it, low, love it. Yeah. Um. Anything else we want to talk about with the uh, still in oak straight rye? Yeah, I just I do want to say uh, Ross and and company, if you're listening, um, this is impressive. And for a micro slash craft distillery, you should be proud of yourselves. Absolutely. So, guys, again, this was the uh, Great Lakes Distillery Still and Oak Straight Rye Whiskey. That's a lot of words, by the way, to say for a bo- for a bottle. Um, yeah. But uh, again, it's 90 proof. It is straight rye. It's 100% rye. And uh, that's just the best thing ever. Uh, We really Mm. liked it. Uh, As we both said, it was a low love it, strong, high, like it. So that means uh, it's it's one of the top uh whiskeys we've had basically uh i I would say it's it's uh it's up there in the running um so if you can find it you should go get it a big shout out uh to great lakes distillery especially ross there um thanks for uh hooking us up with a bottle so that we could give our thoughts and opinions on it go check them out if you're in milwaukee and go grab a bottle if you're in wisconsin or the surrounding area uh cole um oh go ahead So um, in response to being given a free bottle, we do not um, lean anywhere in terms of rating or review. Uh, We do take pride in the fact that we, we honestly review our products, whether we're given these products or not. Absolutely. Listen, uh, companies and listeners, just in case you're wondering about our integrity here, if somebody gives us a bottle of whiskey and it's not great, we're going to tell you it's not great. Um, and and kind of the thing to think about there is a lot of what we talk about often is the whiskey experience is subjective. It it is not yeah. you know set in stone for everybody. So some of you might taste this whiskey and think, "Wow, those guys are crazy. This is not my favorite." Um, but that's the thing. Everybody has different taste buds, um, and and uh, ours just happen to be the correct taste buds. So. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, hey, Cole, do you happen to know what time it is? Is it time for Whiskey World News? That's right. It's time for Whiskey World News. You heard it 
It's time for Whiskey World News, the part of Chill Filtered where we take an article that we find online, we read it, we give you the website and the title and the author, then, uh, like I said, we read it and talk about it. Uh, Today, Cole, I think we're going back to our roots, Um, not our roots, but just the basics. That's what I should say. We're going back to the basics because, uh, you know, one thing about podcasts uh, is... Oftentimes, you'll get listeners who start with an episode. They'll start with the most current episode, um, and uh, they may be new to the whiskey world, and they may have questions after hearing us talk about certain things and using certain words. And uh, I just thought maybe we could do a refresher course for either people who are new to the whiskey world, new to the podcast, or... They've just never taken the time to actually know um, the, the the specifics here. So yeah. today's article comes from HowStuffWorks.com. Love it. The, uh, the title is, What's the Difference Between Whiskey and Bourbon? It's by Patty it? Rasmussen. Nice. If you would let me get to it, Cole, I would. <laughs> Anyway, again, it's HowStuffWorks.com. What's the difference between whiskey and bourbon by Patty Rasmussen? Here we go. Whiskey drinking has been popular in the United States since colonial times. Even George Washington had a rye whiskey distillery. But bourbon, often called America's native spirit, has enjoyed a resurgence in the past decade. According to the Distilled Spirits Council, in 2018, more than 24 million 9-liter cases of American whiskey was sold in the U.S., which includes both bourbon and whiskey. Mm, I don't like, I already don't like this, which includes (laughs) both bourbon and whiskey. Okay. All right. But what's the difference between the two? If you think you can use the terms interchangeably, you'd be wrong. Mm, No, you wouldn't. uh, All right. Let's start analyzing this right away, Cole. Would you yeah. be wrong? Yeah, you would be right and wrong. So interchangeably, you could only, like mathematically, you could only use them interchangeably if they're a bourbon. So uh, bourbon, relate, this, re- relate this relate this, to... Squares and rectangles? Oh, yeah. Compare this to squares and rectangles. So if you said, if you interchangeably used this thing as a square and a rectangle, it would only be the case that it is a square. You couldn't say a rectangle is both a square and a rectangle. Here, no, here's what I want you to say. Uh, in, the, in the same way that every rectangle is a, or every square is a mm-hmm. rectangle, not every rectangle is a square. What, what do we yep. need to know? So every bourbon is a whiskey, but not every whiskey is a bourbon. So therefore, rectangles are whiskeys and squares are bourbons in this case. Okay, now I get what she's saying here. I thought she was saying you can't call bourbon a whiskey. And I was like, wait a second. You are <laughs> you are so off base here, Pam, yeah. or whatever your name is. <laughs> Patty. Um, okay. Patty. Chris Fletcher is the assistant master distiller at the Jack Daniel Distillery in Lynchburg, Tennessee, the oldest registered distillery in the United States. Is that true? Uh, registered, I believe so, but in terms of okay. non-registered, that's it's like it's a loophole of saying you're the oldest, right? Uh, he he gave us the lowdown on the differences and similarities between the two spirits. What is whiskey? Whiskey is any distilled spirit derived from the grain, not distilled to 190 proof, Fletcher says. Once you get to 190 or higher, you're making a neutral spirit, such as vodka. He also says that whiskey must be exposed to oak, 
Typically, a barrel is used for aging the spirit. So that's it. Whiskey is a distilled spirit derived from grain, not distilled higher than 190 proof, exposed to oak. And that's that, right? Not quite. If you think about whiskey globally, Fletcher says, you have Scotch whiskeys, Irish, Japanese, and Canadian. But it's when you get to American whiskeys, you find the most stringent laws that define what you can put on a label that claim a type of American whiskey. American whiskeys are legally defined and regulated by the Alcohol and Tobacco Tax and Trade Bureau. By law, to be labeled as a straight American whiskey, it must be aged in new charred oak containers or barrels, and the grains that make up those whiskeys have to be a certain percentage. For example, straight American rye whiskey has to contain at least 51% rye, like we just learned on this episode, folks, Mm. and must be aged in new charred oak barrels slash containers at least two years and be distilled in the same state. What is bourbon? Oh, really? Did they mention the word straight? Yes. Okay, I missed that. Yeah, yeah. That is correct then. Okay. What is bourbon? Bourbon also has strict guidelines. It can be made in any state in the U.S., though Kentucky is most famous for it. It, too, is a straight American whiskey, but the mash has to have at least 51% corn in the recipe, and it must be aged in new charred oak containers slash barrels. There are other technical specifications to the process, Fletcher says. For instance, whiskey... Note the spelling, which was just W-H-I-S-K-Y. Outside of the U.S. can be distilled as high as 189 proof. But in the U.S., bourbon can't be distilled any higher than 160 proof. That retains more of the flavor of the grains from the fermentation process, the step before distillation, Fletcher explains. American bourbon also can't be added to the barrel for aging if it's already above 125 proof. Water is usually added to the final unaged whiskey to bring it down to the desired proof. Some barrels, or, whoops, some brands take it down to as low as 114 proof before adding it to the barrels for aging, usually for at least four years or more. You might have heard it said that all bourbon is whiskey, but not all whiskey is bourbon, like you just said, and that's why. Bourbon is a spirit derived from at least 51% corn, not distilled higher than 160 proof and placed in new charred oak barrels at 125 proof or below. It must be bottled at a minimum of 80 proof. What about Tennessee whiskey? Now, what's diff... What's... Oh, some some editing mistakes are just horrible. Now, what's different between bourbon and Tennessee whiskey, one extra step is... Jack Daniels is a Tennessee whiskey, and it qualifies 100% as bourbon, says Fletcher. Oh, I, I read this wrong. That's okay. To be a Tennessee whiskey, the spirit must be made in Tennessee. It's geographically restricted. Next, it has to qualify as a bourbon whiskey. That means it must follow the 51% corn... Uh, minimum, says Fletcher, the distillation, sorry, I'm getting lost here, the distillation maximum of 160 proof, we're actually well below that at 140 proof at Jack Daniels. We always have to age a new charred oak container or barrel, and it has to go in at 125 proof or below. We hit all of those criteria. Finally, the Jack Daniels distillery adds a final step referred to as charcoal mellowing, which is something we have talked about before on the show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At Jack Daniels, they make their own charcoal on the premises from maple wood burned to complete coal. The coal is packed tightly into a large vat and then freshly distilled unaged whiskey 
still clear at this point, is filtered through the charcoal. If you've ever used a water filter like a Brita, there's charcoal in it, but it doesn't flavor your water, Fletcher says. The concept is similar. The whiskey goes in clear and comes out clear and then goes in the barrels to age. Fletcher says this expert, uh, this expensive final step, which was once used by bourbon makers in Kentucky, is a differentiator for Jack Daniels and meaning, meaningful for their brand. Even though our product does qualify as bourbon, he adds, we prefer to be identified as a Tennessee whiskey. Why do bourbons and whiskeys taste different? The reason bourbons or whiskeys taste different from one another has to do with the sourcing of the ingredients inside the bottle, not the label on the front. A spirit made from distilled corn will taste different from one made from distilled rye. After all, it's a different recipe. And at Jack Daniels Distillery, for example, they inoculate their fermentation using a yeast strain that can date back to Prohibition. It's still grown fresh from the mother culture in our lab every day. Fletcher explains, that yeast is a massive source of flavor for our whiskey, and if we use a different yeast than the next distillery, that's a major flavor difference. Mm -hmm. Carrie Richardson, president of the Bourbon Women's Association, located in, what's that town in Kentucky I can never say right? Louisville. Says female bourbon drinkers frequently choose higher proof bourbon as their favorites. And she has medical and anecdotal data to back it up. Sensory studies done in 1990s demonstrated that women have a generic predisposition to picking up scents and flavors thanks to large olfactory centers in the brain. When you have a very high proof whiskey, there's usually a lot of interesting things happening in that bottle. And women really tend to go for that, she says. We had a blind tasting a year ago of Heaven Hill Bourbon product, uh, yeah, Heaven Hill Bourbon products, and I knew what would be in that lineup. I didn't know which was which, but I knew the one we would pick as our favorite, the highest proof, and I was right. That's the end of the article. It kind of ends kind of strange there and kind of abruptly. Um, yeah. But... Uh, I don't know. I thought it was interesting and, and maybe uh, beneficial for some people listening to, to hear some of that. I don't know if you have any thoughts. No, I think um, I think that's one of the things is like I often get people to say like, I enjoy bourbon or I enjoy whiskey, but I don't enjoy bourbon or something like that. And it's like, and I right. try to like, like not be a jerk about it. I'm like, oh yeah. Or like sometimes I'll get people that told me like, you know, bourbon has to be made in Bourbon County, Kentucky, which is very far from the truth. Um, basically, in Bourbon County, Kentucky, there's only like one or two distilleries, and they're both like micro distilleries. Um, which, you know, if that were the case, then yeah, of course, because like Woodford's made in Woodford County, Buffalo Trace is made in Frank- Franklin County, and stuff like that. But anyway, but like, there's all these. Like- you know, it's so f- so funny, Cole. Mm-hmm. I was I was listening to. Um, like I said, I bought a new audio interface and before I bought it, I was kind of worried that my current microphones weren't going to work for it. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it's, I say new, but it's the old audio interface that I had. So I went back and listened to our second episode, uh, because it's the same audio interface we were using back then with the same microphones. And I was like, well, how does this sound? It sounds fine. But it's funny that episode number two, which is Rock Hill Farm single barrel bourbon. You actually talked Mm -hmm. about the same thing about the Bourbon County, Kentucky, and people think that has to, bourbon has to come from there. So, Mm mm-hmm. 
But yeah, there's all these misconceptions about bourbon. And I think this article actually did do a good job um, in laying it out and kind of like all together laying it out. Like, here's what's the, yeah. So I appreciate how stuff works. And actually, how stuff works definitely offers some of the my favorite podcasts. Um, one being I know, Stuff You Should I know. know. And, um, but yeah, yeah. If you ever get a chance, listen to them. They're funny. Um, but yeah, they have great articles and they really do the research. So yeah, I think if you want to know, um, or your friends want to know what the difference is between bourbon and whiskey. Yeah. That's a good article. Yeah. Patty. For sure. Yes. Patty Rasmussen again. Um, so Cole, we have a decision to make. We haven't talked about it before we started recording. Do you know what you Mm want to drink, uh, next week? Let's see. We could either do the Akintoshin, um, or the maybe the um, George T. Stag, or actually the Courier's on his way back to you pretty soon. Uh, we could yeah. do an Irish. Well, I so here's kind of my thought. Why don't we just do the Still and Oak Bourbon? Okay. Yeah. I mean, are you okay with that? I, I think I think it would be cool to, to do one right after the other and, and kind of compare and see what we think. Yeah, no, I'm down with that. Let's do that. Probably won't okay. have as much distillery history, but it'll be good. That's okay. Maybe you could resend an email out to Ross yeah. mm-hmm. and, and get some uh, bourbon-specific stuff for them. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, we'll probably have that by next week, so that'll be fine. Yeah. All right, well, so then that's official. Next week, we're going to continue the the uh, Great Lakes Distillery uh, train here, and we're going to have the Still and Oak bourbon from them. And uh, I, I don't have much information about that right now. Hold on. Uh, Cole, say something. Yeah, I mean, I've looked up some of the stuff on that. It's actually very similar in terms of, like, large barrels, in terms of Wisconsin grain, um, in terms of uh, straight status. Uh, so I'm excited. I think it'll be something comparable to this in terms of products. So that's right. Uh, yeah. So uh, it's uh, the Still and Oak Straight Bourbon Whiskey, only 86 proof. Uh, so oh, we'll see know. how I like it. You know, I tend to not like the the lower proof stuff. So we'll see mm-hmm. what I think. Cole, anything else that you want to say on today's episode? Nope. I'm good. Okay, that was that was a quick response that I wasn't expecting. All right, well, Cole, my my dear friend, uh, I'm glad that we got to record again. It's uh, it's uh, you know one of those things where sometimes we miss each other and can't record and blah blah blah. But uh, you know, it's it's I'm glad that we that those those times are few and far between. We very rarely miss an episode, and so yeah. uh, we do apologize again to our listeners and our fans. Uh, but sometimes stuff happens. So, but we're good now. Everything's uh, getting on track here. And uh, tune in next week for the Still and Oak Straight Bourbon episode. And as always, I hope that our love of spirits lifted yours. 